Welcome back to the latest episode of the CGA Tuber Podcast. As always here, I'm your host, Galvin Glenn Alexander. Tonight I'm joined by Chance Thurman, fellow Thunder fan and also fellow uh, basketball player himself here too. Pick up hoops. Much different though. Much different. We can't, uh, not trying to say we're uh, Shea out there. I, you know what? You know what? I'll ask you real quick here. I got, got Ari in mind who I would think of for you, but who do you have for me as the, the Thunder player comp? You can only choose guys currently on the roster. Who do I play most like on the Thunder? <laughs> well, first of all, thank you for that warm oh. welcome. And second of all, um, I don't know. You have an interesting play style. I like I like you in the post. I also like you jumping out to the three and hitting some shots. So I, I feel like you, you might have a little bit of Chet action going on right now. I'm oh. not going to lie. All right. I'll take it. I'll take it. For you, for you I was definitely going to say Shay. You're just slicing and dicing, giving everyone the business, and I'm just trying to stay in front of you every time I have to guard you on defense. Anytime I feel like hey, you see me on defense, it's like, I'm going to take him out of the post. This is not chance. just like, I'm just going to hit a three over him. I'm not saying I'm bad <laughs> defensively, but I'm, I, it's, it's, it's better to play me outside than it is inside um, with our height differences. Let's leave it at that. So that being said, we're going to go over three different Thunder topics here. Uh, we're going to talk about winner of the past week or so far for this season for the Thunder, however you want to take it, and also loser as well too here from just the whole NBA because we don't, there are no losers on this Thunder team. Then we're also going to hit up last year with the most unexpected thing that happened this week in the NBA. So try to rebrand the podcast a little bit here on the NBA segments, have some more formality to it. Um, but I'll go ahead and let you kick it off here. Who's the winner so far on the Thunder team this season? Man, I, I really think that this there's so many different good things going on right now. It's kind of hard to pinpoint one individual winner. But if I had to say, as far as consistency goes and just being absolutely dominant on a night-to-night basis, I got to give J-Dub credit for what he's been doing. I mean, of course, when you're standing behind Chet 7-1, you kind of get overshadowed a little bit because of, you know, he's fresh, he's new, he's making the thunder hit. But if you think about where he's at right now on his, what, second season, I I think that he's arguably the most improved player. And at this point, you know, he's really the glue keeping the thunder rolling and uh, he keeps it up. He's going to make a bag. I'll tell you that. He for sure is. I, I, I also have him as a huge winner just because if I was going to choose a thunder or loser this year, it probably would be giddy. Not necessarily talking <laughs> off the court whatsoever, yeah. but like J-Dub's just, he's way better than I thought he would be year two. I mean, he's, he's, he's just, Giddy's increased his shooting uh, percentages all across the board, and he still can't get playing time over J-Dub, especially down the stretch. Giddy's the one that's like, all right, maybe we play, maybe we don't. So I do love that for sure just because I think last year we're all like, oh, man, it's this four-headed monster, where now it's like, oh, it's a three-headed really effing monster, you know. Um, Try to keep PG when I can. So I know my dad listens. <laughs> no to doubt. My dad listens. One hundred percent agree. Yeah. So gotta have it there. It's a family friendly podcast. Okay. Family friend. <laughs> exactly. Family friendly episodes only, <laughs> um, unless we have certain guests. With that being said, my biggest winner is it's really it's Chet. Uh, um, the, the the main thing and the main stat. Like I'm not going to read off a bunch of stats. That just this would be annoying to everyone on the podcast. You know the listeners. But the main stat and the only one that I really want to go over with Chet is the amount of minutes he plays every single night. He is averaging the third most amount of minutes on this team. 
which, listen, the guy coming into the league before the Thunder drafted him, the number one thing was, okay, his durability, like, is he going to be good? And yes, I'm going to knock on some wood, going to throw some salt over my left shoulder, going to avoid walking under any ladders here for the future. But with that being said, Chet's almost averaging 31 minutes a game. It's 30.8. And that is just not what I thought would happen. That is the, maybe it's the most unexpected winner, but I think it's just the winner overall because of how many minutes he's able to play every single night and still be this healthy. He's averaging close to 18 points a game. So I wasn't going to read more stats than I just did. But the point being is like, this guy is real. And I have to say, watching him play Gonzaga, I was like, "Ah, it's it's West Coast Conference. Like, I don't know what to take from this. It's not Pac-12, it's not Big 12. It's not, not a, you know, it's a group of five basketball team. And Gonzaga's really good, don't get me wrong, but they're not playing. They're playing Santa Clara some nights against J-Dub, but they're also playing, you know, against, like, some teams I've never heard of before, too. So, like, okay, University of San Diego. Well, their stadium doesn't even seat 10,000 people, I don't think. I I could be wrong. But uh, point being, the level of competition he played in college didn't give me a lot of a a sample size of, oh, okay, this guy's played against real physical guys. He's going to be able to be real durable in the league. And then... He does get injured. They're like almost the first thing he does against another professional athlete. Now, granted, it was LeBron of all guys. So, yeah, dude's a freight train. I don't need to say more about LeBron who dunks on him and he hurts his foot slipping. But then the rest of the whole entire, I think, is the Jamal Cross, Jamal Crawford kind of crossover league he was doing in Seattle. That They just like, they canceled the rest of it because of that injury and because of some other stuff. And it's a weird bone break in his foot. But it kept him out for all season. So it was like, ah, oh, man, we don't even get to see this guy play a minute his rookie year. This sucks. And then you see him warming up, see a bunch of the footage, see the highlights. And it still is going to be, okay, I'm on pins and needles. This guy's a second overall draft pick for the Thunder. You know who also was a second overall draft pick for a team that's been really, really good as of late? James Wiseman. And, like, James Wiseman can stay on the court durability-wise, but he can't head-wise. You know, he, he couldn't lock in. But I was ready to draw some comparisons. I was ready to write up the whole podcast script, go over, oh, man. All right, Chet got injured first 10 games in the season. But now we're a third, more than a third through the season. Chet's playing incredible. He only looks like he's getting better night overnight. And for me, he's the huge winner out of all of this because I did not, I did not see him as, oh, he's going to be win rookie of the year almost for sure. At least in my mind right now. Grant, we're not halfway through. Wembenyama could do something crazy. But... I just really didn't see him being this good this quick and being this durable. Granted, knocking a bunch of wood here and, uh, you know, I don't know what to do with garlic in this scenario to ward off any you know, foul <laughs> things, but I'll do that too. So that's that's my winner here is Chet. Couldn't agree more. The dude has a lot going for him. Um, it's definitely scary to see somebody get hurt so quickly and, you know, he's the type of player that's, not afraid of a challenge. Obviously he was able to go do stuff with FIBA and, you know, the USA select team and things like that. So it's, you know, coming from a Thunder fans perspective, someone that lives in Oklahoma, of course you, you want to see your team thrive, but you never know what's going to happen when you don't even get to see them step on the court. So I'm right there with you. It was kind of, you know, scary in a way to see what was going to happen, but he seems to have rose to the occasion and he's not shy at all about any of the stuff that he does. And I think that's, what's really earning him those minutes. I think he's um, he understands his impact on the team immediately. And I think Sam Presti and Dagnall just recognize that as well. And, you know, 
going, like you said, it's a second round draft pick. So there's got to be some value there. And um, I understand other people like Wimby or, or other rookies may not be getting those kind of minutes, but if you see that it's effective, I mean, why wouldn't you in that spot? I mean, they're trying to win right now. You never know what's going to happen. We could be in the finals. Yeah. They never know. We could have the Thunder playing the trailblazers tonight on Thursday, January 11th could get the number one seat after tonight's game. You know, never know. Um, Last, last thing I'll say on this before we get on to the losers. Do you want to guess how old the oldest Thunder player is on the current roster? What age? I can also ask you who do you who is it, but I I think it's more fun to just ask what what the age is. Hmm. I mean, it's, that's a good question. I mean, it's not it's not old is what I'm getting at here. I mean, it's definitely a it's as far as NBA player ages go, this is young. As far as like, I'm gonna go with 26. Okay, so so maybe I was giving myself too hard of a time here. It's 31, but it's what? Yeah, but it's okay, uh, but it's Bertons. So, like, if you're okay. thinking about, like, the whole Thunder okay. roster, all 18 guys, I didn't include the two-way players. Even if I had, it wouldn't make a difference. Um, weird to think, weird to see Poku's only 22 still, but... Um, poor Poku. Poor Poku. <laughs> By the way. Man. <laughs> I mean, but There's was, no chance for that guy on this team. Not at all. He was a 17th overall draft pick, though. Like, out of the lottery, man, we've, we've seen guys flame out way faster than him. But I, I still feel bad, because he's, he's played seven games this season, and I don't... I don't know. He'll find a career in Europe. No worries. Yeah. He'll 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 be one of those guys who come back comes back when he's 30. You know, he'll spend like six years in Europe and come back and be like, oh my gosh, the resurgence. All right. <laughs> well then ask you here. Uh biggest loser so far. Um, I'll ask you first here. What who's who's the biggest loser in your mind the NBA season this far? Man, so <clears throat> it's been it's been a rough season for some, for a few teams, honestly, but um, the one that speaks the most loudly to me right now, especially after the most recent game, I'm going to have to go with the Golden State Warriors. I just, I feel like they're falling apart. It's very hard to see a dynasty kind of fizzle the way it's going right now. And I understand we're still young into the season. Anything can happen. Steph Curry, you know, I mean, he could, he can do things, but when you lose by 40 points to the Pelicans, I feel like that's pretty, pretty rough and a pretty big indicator of where the team's headed. And honestly, I think it kind of starts with Draymond Green and his offseason issues with Jordan Poole and then the trade and then just things got shaken up and then he's hitting people. I mean, the vibe is just messed up there. And I feel like Clay and Steph don't really have the Zen that they used to right now. And, you know, I'm a I'm, obviously I'm a shooter. I like to to sit behind the three point line. I like to do things like Curry in a way, but you know sometimes you you die by the three, and you know without players that are going to enforce and without people that can stay out of trouble, I I don't know what's going on with that team, and it could be it could be nearing the end. It could be for sure. Um, I don't have much to say more on on the Warriors. Just I I, I will always feel bad for CP three. Like, I'll just always will. I, I didn't come into the season going, oh, they got CP3. They're going to win it all. But also, just sucks he gets injured, like, whenever he's playing with a team that has a good chance. You know, I mean, in, injured at the wrong times, too, usually. This is not that bad of the ordeals comparatively to the Rockets here, but still. Um, my my biggest loser is, and I think anyone who knows is probably uh, already tuned in. They, they already know what I'm going to say. It's the biggest loser of the NBA season so far, game-wise. And it's the Detroit Pistons. 
Do you know they went yeah. 60 days without winning a game? Like, can you, can you imagine just going out and playing, let's say, pickup basketball every other day on average for, for two months and you don't win a game? Like, would you just go, you know what? I'm out. I mean, these, <laughs> these guys are getting paid millions of dollars. So, like, I'm not, I'm not acting like they'd go, oh, I'm quitting because I haven't won in two months. But it literally was almost two months. The whole month of November, they're, uh, they won a game on October 28th, and the next one they won was December 30th. So, it was almost, exact, almost a two whole months actually of November, December, but it was two whole months in the calendar. And the other part of this too is, is that Monty Williams, they just signed him for a big, big contract, highest paid NBA coach in league history. And honestly, there's just not much going on with the team. Like I, I have a weird, I wouldn't say weird. I mean, I used to work for him. So I know more about the Pistons than probably the average Oklahoman. But with that being said, I thought hiring Troy Weaver, former Oklahoma City Thunder assistant GM, and, you know, getting Monty Williams in there and also having a number one overall draft pick and Cade and his, I think, third year here would really help out. Like, would, would really be a kind of a good mesh. I thought they were bringing in the right kind of guys. Okay, they're going to get, yeah, they're going to get Cade, but they're going to get two guard and Jaden Ivey. They're going to get uh, Sir Thompson, kind of that three guy who can defend. And then they have, like, a bunch of former really good big guys who... I would just say former big guys because like they're not necessarily your everyday like, oh my gosh, these guys are crazy good, but they have a guy from the Jaden Ivey draft class um, who still is uh, is like one of the youngest guys, I think still in the league. I just can't remember his name off the top of my head here, but I'm going to have to look it up. But oh, Jalen Duran. Yeah, he was born in 03. Same year uh, Sir Thompson was born. So with that being said, like, He's super young, and then you also have a fellow Memphis guy um, on the roster too, and James Wiseman, and then you have Marvin Bagley the third as well. I thought the Pistons were just building something. I thought they were trying to, you know, not necessarily like going to get out of the lottery or into the playoffs or whatever. I just thought they were on like a good kind of an upswing. I thought last season would be bad. Didn't have Cade. Thought this season they have a better record at least with him. And granted, he's now kind of getting injured every so often too. So all kind of depends, I guess. Yeah, so the Pistons are kind of an interesting thing to look at. So when I see a team like this that's, you know, still very young in development stage of where they want to be and they're just kind of reforming and rebranding and things of that nature, it's kind of hard for me to take it as a serious team at that time. Like, to be honest to you, I feel like this is all planned. I feel like they're just in a serious tank and – you know, obviously you're going to have players like Cade who want to win and you can see the visible frustration and, and things of that nature. But at the end of the day, they just want to be prepared for what is going to come through on the next draft class, I feel like. And I mean, you can say the same thing about kind of the Spurs and some other of the low bottom tier teams right now. I just I, I think that they're playing well below what they're capable of. And I think that's strategically done by their front office. I don't necessarily think that that's the right way to do things. You know, I'm not a huge fan of tanking in general, but I mean, it just seems like there's probably a schematic behind the scenes that's that's kind of creating this option for them. I don't think that they really wanted to go out and lose for two months straight. But I think it was part of what their design is in order to somehow end up relevant in the next five years. But that's just speculation. Who knows? Yeah, no, I totally got you. I mean, I, I, 
cannot agree more. I think this is part of what they wanted to do, but I don't think they wanted to do it to this extent. You know, and I mean, saying, saying, hey, we're not going to even trade Bogdanovich. Why, why not? Like, I'm very confused. Just, it's not, it doesn't seem like to me that he's really helping your team a ton. This is ninth year in the league, and he was born in 89, so he came over a little bit later. He's just, he's the guy with a bunch of trade value that I would think you'd want to get some type of picks if you could from some teams. I mean, maybe it's Golden State, maybe it's whoever. It's odd when you say, hey, we're not trading this guy for sure. Maybe you're trying to drive the price up a little bit because everyone else can see that, you know, you're going to sell him for sure, but who knows. Um, it's a weird deal overall. Weird deal overall that, that's going on in Detroit. Only help it gets better, of course. Hopefully the Pistons. I mean, they're, they're, a, they're a huge kind of cornerstone of NBA history, so love to see him get a little bit better, be night in, night out a little bit better, of course, as well, too. All right, well, lastly here, it's kind of the third topic of the night. One to ask you here. The most random thing that happened this NBA season in your mind. And, I, and I'll go first here. And I, th- I think this was random and weird, but I think it still is weird that we still don't know what happened exactly. And that's going to be the game ball that Oscar Tshiwe has. Probably in his <laughs> possession still to this day. In case, in case you don't know as a listener, uh, I'll give you the two-second refresh in case you already do know as well. Basically, Giannis dropped a career, excuse me, a, I think a Bucks, I mean a career high, but also a Bucks team high in amount of points against the Indiana Pacers. And after the game was over, he wanted to get the game ball. But Oscar Sheevey's first NBA game where he had gotten a bucket was also the same night, except for the fact that it was the Bucks home game. Like if it's the Pacers home game, I get it. They get precedent, maybe. That's how this should work on getting the game ball. But if you're the home team, you you got to get that. And you're also, it's it's Giannis. It's not like, you know, no offense to anyone, but it's not like, oh, okay, um, Jordan Clarkson got the career high or whatever, right? Like, this is a former MVP. We're talking about setting a, setting a record. So that was the most random thing that happened in my mind this year. And it's made a lot of Bucks Pacers games a lot more fun, except for uh, I really knock on wood here. Hopefully, hopefully Tyrese Halliburton comes back fully healthy here soon. He's been so much fun to watch this season. But that is my uh, most random thing that happened in this NBA season here. It's the whole game ball debacle. So th- I thought that was a humorous situation. Um, a little bit strange to see Giannis kind of sprint at someone the way he did on those videos. But I mean, I get it. You know, you you're a passionate player. Um, it is what it is. I don't necessarily think any less of him for it, even though he probably was out of line in that situation. But for me, uh, just kind of piggyback on what you just said, actually, because I really don't have too many crazy things, but I do find it very odd that we're seeing probably what, like five different serious injuries in the same week. You're seeing Tyrese Halliburton go down. Hopefully it's not serious. And, you know, I'm uh, just a simple thing about him is he is just a spectacular player, uh, point guard, you know, in visionary. That's the type of person you want to be when you think about how you impact your team winning and distributing the ball. I mean, and the turnover ratio, goodness gracious, but people like John Morant, for example, I mean, I just didn't see that coming. You know, I I understand that he plays recklessly and he probably was doing some stuff in practice that he shouldn't have been done. Cause I believe the injury happened in practice. I can't don't quote me, but I think that's correct. Um, It's, it's just, you know, I hate to see people come back from like serious uh, suspensions and then just, something like this happens in season ending, you know, like that's man, the Grizzlies got to be hurting right now. And 
you know, it, anything can happen in the NBA. And I understand that injuries are pretty common across an, a season, of course, but seeing like a week of just, Oh, this person's out. Okay. Their entire team's going to struggle now. Oh, this person's out for the whole season. I mean, it's just, it, it's kind of scary to think about that. You know, we got grown men that are going out there and, and physically hurting themselves to the point where they have to sit down for six months. So I'm sad for those people, but overall, I think the NBA season is, uh, is really firing up for the thunder. So yes, it sucks for those other people, but Hey, we're rolling. So that's, that's what I'm focused on. Yeah. No, I'm totally with you on, on that though. I mean, it sucks when so many guys get injured. Jaw was basically taking the Grizzlies back into being contention. I want to say, I mean, they, they weren't, they weren't necessarily like back on that kind of path, but he was doing his best he could to try to get the team back into the playoff hunt. Marcus Smart was playing really well with him too. They're kind of gelling well. And then Smart gets injured as well too. Um, yeah, it's just it's odd when so many injuries happen all at once, kind of through an NBA season. And I do wonder with, you know, seeing like the Brooklyn Nets got fined for basically having four, I think it was three or four guys sit on a night, on a back-to-back, just so they could have a little bit more rest. All due respect, they're, they're the Nets. Like, I just didn't get it because, like, it's not it's not the Lakers with, you know, LeBron, you know I mean, or an AD with a bunch of older guys. Like, okay, I mean, I, I don't know all the Nets guys who sat, but I don't think they're older guys who necessarily are, like, really hurting or have a lot of fatigue. I could be wrong. But the name I, I really remember was Spencer Dinwiddie, who he's been around for a while, but I don't know him as, like, a, an NBA lifer who's playing a lot of final experiences and has a ton of mileage on his, you know, knees and body here. So... So that for me kind of shows, okay, that that's odd. But then you have other NBA guys getting injured. Just what it seems like from freak accidents from playing. I mean, Tyrese Halberton just slips really awkwardly on the floor. Chris Paul like hurts his hand. Um, yeah, you have the whole jaw like tearing up his shoulder. It, it just, just sucks that, that it happens. I'm with you. And also I'm curious what percentage of NBA players get injured and like miss games during the season versus NFL players, because this is, the, the NBA is so universally the same, no matter where you play. Like, the court doesn't change. You know, you don't go from turf to grass, you know, like in the NFL. You're not playing outside versus inside. You're not doing any of that type of stuff. Um, you know, every NBA floor, you would figure it's the exact same. But there also may be some fun studies of, okay, but what about when it's, and, and I just know this offhand because I know the court real well. What if there's a difference between the amount of injuries you get playing in Oklahoma City where there's not a hockey rink under it versus playing in Detroit where there is a hockey rink under it, you know, and it is used as a two kind of stadium set up there. Um, is there anything with that at all? I don't, I, I would probably guess not because somebody smarter than me would have figured that out by now, I would say, but who knows? Um, the entry thing is pretty random. Um, and the last thing here I'd say too, that's random. That I did not have my bingo card for 2023, 2024 NBA season is Draymond Green. Just kind of the whole deal. Didn't have it. Not a fan of his. I don't think any Oklahoma State Thunder fan is. But at the same point, you wish everyone to be mentally healthy and happy. And don't wish, I don't wish bad on Draymond Green as a person. I just wish he didn't have as great of an NBA career he has, of course. Because uh, the last time he's been in the Thunder. But, yeah, I just don't, uh, don't really drive with the whole deal there he's selling on maybe I'll retire. It's like, well, <laughs> hang on a second. Did Did you see what you were doing? Like, is any other NBA player ever put a, another NBA player in a chokehold to pull him off a guy? Probably not. Probably not. Just, just throwing it out there. 
Draymond Green does have a minute long Twitter slash X highlight tape put together of all of his non NBA issues. So mm. it's fun. Wonderful. It's fun. It's a good deal. Did you get a chance? Look it up. It's awesome. Um, all right. Well, we got the Thunder game tonight here. All-star breaks coming up here in February. So let's say we just don't touch base again until the podcast here. What is your, who's your, who's your MVP until the all-star break? Who do you got so far uh, this season? It's got to be Shea. The man is just on a mission. He's the heart and soul of the Thunder right now. He he understands what we need to do. You know, he went from a barely over 20 game season two seasons ago to 24 and 10 right now and second in the West, I believe still. Like I mean, there's there's a lot of hope for him to make his name known. I think that there's been some communication lately about uh, national games and the televised aspect of it. And it's going up because of his, his play and just bringing the, the name, the OKC thunder to people that are unaware of what we're doing. I mean, if you've watched closely on the news or social media, you just keep seeing us pop up in random places. And I just, I love to see it. I mean, I just saw a clip yesterday of Adebayos giving us credit. And I mean, it's, it's just awesome to see Presti's work, show up and a lot of people were doubting us over the last rebuilding stage. I mean, Westbrook was my favorite player, you know, it's, I have his, I have him on my wall. You know, it's one of those things when you lose your big three, especially before uh, James left and all that, the trade and whatnot, it's, it's life changing for people that grow up in that era. So to see us come around to see Shea have this type of success, I really hope he has a good chance to show the NBA that he's, deserving of the MVP this year. I think it's going to be a tough, tough uphill battle just because the stats on those other guys are just insane. But Hey man, I've seen stranger things happen. And at this point, I'm just hoping to really get, get my money ready to buy some playoff tickets. Cause it's coming. Yeah. I I'm with you. Playoffs are coming for sure. Super excited. I also had Shay. Um, I mean, you know what? Why leave your bias at the door? Why not just wear you know the Thunder shirt and whatever it may be here on the pod? Because you know what, we're Thunder fans in the day, so we're gonna be huge, huge supporters of Shea Gilgis Alexander of SGA. So, looking forward to uh, catching up with you again here soon, Chance. Thanks so much for coming on and joining the podcast here tonight. Of course, I appreciate it, man. It was a blast. All right, and be prepared to get buckets. All right, we'll do. We'll do. Can't wait to play some hoops here. And uh, catch you guys again soon.